0: SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen.
1: All right, let me welcome onto the show Tembi Chakonda, who is a commissioner representing business at the Commission for Employment Equity. Um, Commissioner Chakonda, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you very much for inviting me. So let's take a look at some of your latest findings. And as far as um, the latest report that looks at employment equity in the country, uh, unfortunately, what we continue to see there is that the pace of transformation very slow. Let's begin with how you measure all of this. Okay.
0: So we have a a report every single year, which started in 2001, um, when employers were requested to submit the status of the employment um, equity in their organization. So the report um, covers private sector. um, It also covers the government, uh, public entities and state owned entities. So the report is submitted each year. Um, From the 1st of September to the 15th of January, so and then a process takes place where they consolidate all the reports based um, on uh, different occupational levels and sectors, and that report is then issued to the country to look at the status of employment equity year on year. Um, in terms of the different um, racial profiles and gender profiles and persons with disabilities. So that's really the the report. So so from 2001, which was the very first report we ever received with our first commission, um, up until 2022, January 15th, um, we've been um, submitting. So we are on our 23rd report as we speak, um, Cathy.
1: Of course, part of what the work of the Commission does is to really um, look at whether there's been progress in the uh, implementation of the Employment Equity Act. And this is of 1998 and seeing then what are the steps that have been put forward from a policy perspective to meet the transformation um, sort of targets. And whether we are seeing employers do this in in the labor market, have I captured that correctly? That is
0: correct, um, Kathy. That's exactly what we do. And we then advise the minister based on what we are assessing in respect of transformation in the country um, to either adapt the policy or... Um, um, you know, amend the, the policy to accelerate transformation. So there are a number of um, steps that have been taken to try and accelerate a more diverse workforce. Um, up to now, where we are, we have um since twenty seventeen. Um been noticing that you know there is very very slow progress in transformation and we've been advising the minister the earlier commissioners that have been in the commission have been advising the minister to um, amend legislation so we've had a number of, of changes in 2015 we had an amendment um, 2017. This particular amendment came about to say, let us look at sectoral targets because we are realizing that um, we're not getting anywhere with um, transformation, especially at your top, senior, middle, and junior management levels. So that's that's the that's the work that the commission has been doing and trying to advise. But um, Obviously, the advice hasn't always been successful and that's where we are now saying the sector targets may be the best way to go um, to monitor transformation in the country.
1: Talking about sectors, it brings me to my next question around reporting. So how does the reporting on um, on employment equity take place? Is it a voluntary process? How reflective is it of the country as a whole and which industries in the country are represented in that reporting?
0: Okay. So the rep- the way in which the reporting takes place um, is that we currently have eighteen sectors now um, before we used to have eleven sectors. Um, that we're reporting to the uh, Department of Employment and Labor. So the initial reporting was voluntary, um, it, the first part of it, where we, we, desi- we define the designated employers as being employers with 50 or more employees, they would be uh, that would be a compulsory reporting. Then we had um, under 50 employees that would have been a voluntary um, reporting, which would have been triggered by the requirements of BE. Um, uh, uh, scorecard, where employers needed to be verified for BE purposes, they would need to volunteer to um, to submit a report so that they can have a confirmation that they are complying on employment equity. Then there was a third one which was aligned to the um, to your sector. Um, Depending on the turnover threshold that you have um, as an employer, um, we had a Schedule 4, which said if you're in manufacturing, for example, and you're employing 10 people, but your turnover threshold exceeds 30 million rands. Uh, which was um, the final amendment in 2014, you would then be required to comply with employment equity legislation. So, the compliance and employment equity legislation simply means that you've got to now look at your current workforce, do an analysis, see where you have underrepresentation of people from designated groups. And designated groups in South Africa is, is a terminology that is used to accelerate historically disadvantaged individuals who are African colored and Indian people, um, women of all race groups and persons with disabilities. So all these individuals that had been previously disadvantaged, um, according to the legislation would have then be um, preferred by employers, even if that employer was employing more than, less than t- uh, 50 employees. So that was the, the, the reporting in the past. Um, And Obviously, over the years, um, the hope was that those companies that have got a higher turnover would grow, and as they grow, they will then employ people from designated groups as they need to, Um, but that has not been the case, Um, even though there's legislation that um, enforces employers with a higher turnover to have um, a diverse group of employees that they employ. Um, it still hasn't um, make employment equity um, successful we still have underrepresentation of people from the the disadvantaged backgrounds um, so, up to now.
1: Yeah so, so me, i just want to clarify when you say that um you know p- part of the 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 policy and how it, it was set out was also given the scale of growth of of an organization and the and 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 then the imperative to actually self-transform and meet some of the targets has the problem been that there's been little transformation or that these companies have not been growing and therefore, we're seeing that the equi- the employment equity in these com- companies has also remained stagnant.
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination of the factors. Is that um, there's been complaints from the smaller organisations saying that you know, um, having this legislation, it's also um, it, it it's also strangling them for growth, which. It, it, it that's debatable. I mean, you and I know that that's debatable. Um, and of course, on the one hand is also there's been that, um, y- you know, resistance to, to change. Because if you think about these small businesses, they are essentially family-owned businesses who, um, you know, they, they employ the people that are like them. They employ people that are um, they they feel that they want to employ, so so that's also led to the employment equity numbers not really changing. But we also do know that um, what plays a huge part of this is also the lack of. Uh, skills development. And um, even though we have seen a number of people um, graduating, but we find that there's still that resistance um, in the workplace to get people to to be employed. And I mean, I deal with a number of organizations um, who have got people that are over the age of retirement still working Um, in in the organizations. So it's a combination of factors because people also are not saving up for their retirements, so they hold on to their positions. So instead of actually having uh, people vacating their employment um, to make way for younger people, they, they remain in those positions for many, many years, and that creates um, you know, slow progress and transformation as well. And that is why we're seeing the high level of um, unemployment rate, especially for the youth. Mm.
1: I, I want us to be in this, on the same page when we talk about smaller organizations, because, of course, you have um, the organizations where if you have 50 employees a, and beneath, then you don't meet the criteria, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, to be defined as a designated employer. Therefore, um, you you don't have to uh, comply necessarily with the prescripts of, of, of the Employment Equity Act. Okay.
0: So when we say designated employers, as I said, it's now the new definitions as per the new amendment is Mm -hmm. 50 or more employers Mm. that's a designated employer so that employer is required to comply with all the different sections of the employment equity legislation for example having an employment equity committee that is consultative um, have um, to do an analysis of its workforce to identify um, different racial profiles and gender and have an employment equity plan and report on a yearly basis on that employment equity plan but also there's one part of the legislation which is chapter 2 which is about elimination of unfair discrimination so this applies to every employer regardless of the size so even if those employers now who are under 50 employees are not required to submit an employment equity plan and report to the department of employment and labor, they would still be required to not to unfairly discriminate against their employees. So if they've got, um, you know, opportunities, you can't unfairly discriminate in your recruitment processes, even though you are not um, a designated employer. So if those employers, they have um, harassment cases, for example, bullying, um, discrimination that takes place in, in the employees decide to refer the matters to the CCMA or Labour Court, and that employer um, is found that they have discriminated against those employee. they cannot turn around and say, we are not designated employers, so therefore we are not um, Affected by employment equity, because the purpose of employment equity was to first eliminate unfair discrimination, making sure that there's fairness in the workplace, and secondly, it's about redressing the historical imbalances, which now we're saying the redressing part of it is about also having your EE plans, but now the smaller employers are being excluded from submitting the plans, but they still need to promote fairness in the workplace they will still have to comply with other legislations like your Basic Conditions of Employment Act they have to comply with the labor relations act so it doesn't excuse them because their employment equity reporting process is not affecting them
1: mm-hmm. i want to talk about what we are seeing in the various sectors uh because some of the uh, the, the 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 most reports um that were received were for, from sectors including manufacturing wholesale uh, trade agriculture um, and, and the repair of motor vehicles, construction. And so these are relatively big industries in in our country. And I want us to break down then just some of of the figures when we continue with this conversation. Uh, We're talking to Tembi Chakonda, who is commissioner representing business in the Commission for Employment Equity. It's 10.30, time for the latest news headlines. We continue the conversation on the talking point. Tembi Chakonda, our guest, is a commissioner representing business at the uh, Commission for Employment Equity. So Tembi, we've sort of gotten the context of how these numbers come about and just what some of the challenges you've experienced over the years have been. I want us to talk about the key findings here. And, I mean, to sum it all up really is that, The report has found that, um, you know, white people continue to dominate top management positions in, in the country. And these are top management positions, of course, really big organizations. Hello, Tembi. Sorry, Kefi, your volume was
0: very low. I couldn't hear you.
1: Yes, so so what I was saying is when we get into the nitty-gritty of the report, the overall finding is that white South Africans or white people, rather, continue to dominate the the top positions um, in in management in in, in these organizations. And and these are really big organizations.
0: Yeah, that is correct. Um, You know... As we as we have seen year on year this um, this percentage continues to be the same um, year on year in the different industries and these as you rightfully say these are huge organizations um just to give you a sense of um, you know the percentages of how the you know, the different industries, for example, if we look at the at the percentage of um, the reports that have been received by the Department of Employment and Labor, almost um, 80% of those are organizations that are in the private sector, and the larger portion large organizations So you can see that the change is not happening at that level. Um, And it's it's been very slow and it continues to be slow. Um, Just to give you a sense that from 2001, um, as an example, we had um, for African males, um, just to give you a sense of how slow the progress has been at these levels of occupations we had about 6% of um, African people um, represented at the top management level. And in 2021-22, 2020, we are sitting at 17%. So if you they really then start to, um, to analyze this and break it down over a period of, of, of um, 20 years, you can definitely see that it's been even less than a percentage each year, um, and that continues to be the same. So if you then look at on inverse, the representation of white males, it has also has been decreasing as as little as that, and and these are your huge organizations that um, employ um, these individuals at this level, yeah.
1: Why are companies not transforming? What have they told you are the reasons for this?
0: So when we had um, the conversations with the captains of industry in 2017, when the, the whole discussion about the sectoral targets needed to take place and we had um, the sector, the industry sectors, um the captains of industries, their employment equity managers, the each, um, the HR uh, people. They said, the problem is that um, there is a um, there is a. a there's no guideline in respect of the targets that needs to be achieved by organizations. Yes, they are aware of them, um, um economically active population demographics. They are aware of the BE requirements, but it confuses them as to what are the Um, you know the percentage they need to achieve and as far as they're concerned they go according to the sector percentage and say in the sector we're not doing so well for people from designated groups so as a company if I'm setting my targets I benchmark my company against the sector that I'm in so that then became the the way in which organizations have been setting their targets over the 20-year period with no um, measure to accelerate um, transformation, even though BEE Scorecard was there to say employers must comply with the BEE management control, but the BEE itself has not been putting the employment equity, for example, as a priority element. Now, in BEE Scorecard, you've got um, five pillars in terms of the transformation in the BEE sector you've got the ownership. It's regarded as a priority area. If you don't have more than 25% of Black ownership in the in the BE scorecard, you get uh, uh, discounted your level of BE certificate. Um, skills development is a priority area. If you don't meet the targets for skills development under the, the BE requirements, you get discounted. Uh, procurement, um, enterprise development, it's also a priority area. But employment equity was never a priority area. So you would find a situation where a business has got a, a level 1B certificate. But when you zone into the management control pillar, there would be very, very few, um, se, a, a small percentage of people that are employed as Black they might um, get away in terms of the the board, because the board of directors, you could take any black, it could be Indian colored or, or um, African, so you'd get your points. But when it matters it mattered the most, your senior management, professionally qualified, skills development, you find most businesses they score very little in there because there was no, there's no stick as such. So and the the request that was done is to say give us uh, some guidelines at least we know that we are measured against this, um, and we know that as a business I'm working towards a particular target, and that target can be five years, but then it will be uh, there will be measurement in terms of this.
1: Mm. If, if we look at the um, Employment Equity Amendment Bill and how it's going to work once, of course, it has been gazetted by government, the sectoral uh, numerical targets is going to be something that, um, you know, is set by the minister. And my understanding is that employers will have to comply with those sectoral targets. Is that correct?
0: That is correct. Um, So fast forward to um, the discussions we had. So the employment equity amendment was passed um, in Parliament, the President signed it on the 18th of April. Now that empowers the Minister to be able to issue certificates of compliance um, to the employers. So there have been some engagements with the sectors, um, consultations on these sectoral targets that will now be implemented for the next five years. So now the companies will have to comply with the sectoral targets, which will be measured each year. Um, So year on year, you submit your report against your five-year plan and if you do not achieve your sector target for that particular year, you will then need to explain why you did not achieve the target and what were the reasons. So the Minister uh, has set uh, justifiable grounds So there are about seven justifiable grounds where an employer may be able to justify not achieving um, the employment equity targets for that year. But the sectoral target will be for five years, and they differ from sector to sector because what needed to, to happen was that is to consider that not um not every sector will be the same as the other so you have to take into consideration the challenges in respect of skills in respect of the nature of the industry that they are operating in and also taking into consideration the the historical um you know af- af- availability of those skills in that industry the, the- so they will then
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, there are concerns, um, Tembi, that have been raised around um, these sectoral numerical targets. Some of have, have described them effectively as quotas, and that with the landscape of South Africa, you have different groups, racial groups, that are represented um, in different parts of the country. How do you deal with that, um, where you find it may unfairly? Uh, discriminate even some of those people who you say would traditionally have been employed or classified as black but my my understanding of course is that under these numerical targets there's then a breakdown of who is black who is indian who is colored
0: okay yeah that's a very good question um kathy because these concerns um I suppose they, they're valid because when people look at the targets as they are presented, they give you the sense that you are now going to reduce certain racial profiles and enhance others. Um, but that is far from the truth because let me give you a practical example. Um, if you are operating in the Western Cape, for example, as in, as a business There is an economically active population demographics for the Western Cape, which favors mostly colored people um, because there are more colored people in that particular region. Then the way in which the sector targets have been uh, presented, they're saying overall, we want companies to have 50 percent, I'm just using 50 percent as an example, for African, for black people, black people defined as African, colored, and Indian. Um, So we want you to have these many people in your top management as 50% as an example. Now that is an aspirational goal and a target to say, ideally, we would like you to get in five years time um, to 50%. So 50% of five people, eh, of 10 people is five people. So, meaning that um, as an organization who operates in that, uh, in that particular sector, um, you will then say out of 10 people that we have, uh, what percentage should be um, out of the 50 should be African people, should be colored, should be Indian? So that's the starting point to say we want to achieve the 50% of black people. But of course, what then tends to happen is that depending on the region that you are in, um, If you're in the Western Cape, you most likely then out of the 50%, there'll be more colored people than African people. There'll be more um uh, white people than Indian people because of the nature of that. So that 50% gets then distributed accordingly in terms of the target. Then you have the remainder of other 50%, which then says, as an organization, you need to promote a diverse Um, group of people employed here. So you distribute according to your economically active population demographics nothing stops that business to then improve on the percentages of those people that are underrepresented. So you can then distribute it on white people, uh, white males and white females. If you're an employer who is also a a multinational, you have to employ people who who are foreign nationals in your business. So they will need to be accounted as part of your 10 people. But at least the 50% gives you certainty in terms of this is what you want to achieve ultimately, or, or at least ideally, but you can achieve a lot more than that. So I think the miscommunication is in the fact that it's just an aspirational goal. It's not to say companies must reduce. For example, if you find a, a comp- that, that company in the Western Cape um, being the You know the the way they're operating there so they are not required to reduce the colored people to the extent that the targets are saying they're saying if you have an opportunity for somebody to retire to resign or um they leave the company for whatever reason then you do not replace with the same person who's overrepresented. You rather go to the ones that are underrepresented according to our targets that we are setting for you. So there's nothing forcing the companies to say you must now fire people because you need to have 50 percent of black people and you don't have them. So therefore fire them so that you can create space. That is not law.
1: All right. So I I want to go to the phone lines because we've got quite a number of uh, listeners that want to engage with you on this issue. I'm going to ask our listeners, Mm -hmm. please, let's keep our comments, our questions short and to the point. I'll kick it off with Mark in Pretoria. Mark, good morning.
3: Good morning, Osketi, uh, the guest and the listeners. Uh, So Osketi, um, I believe this Equity Act uh, can work, but it also needs to be reviewed. Uh, I have my reasons for that. Uh, if the masses of this country should benefit equally, then the equity should be sound from entry level. When I listen to your guests, most of the time, I think it's mostly top management, middle management, but they don't see entry level. And I tell you the good part about entry level in any private or government. You get exposed to opportunities to further your, your, your career path. But my case, uh, I, I, I got in as a food service aide and I uh, got uh, 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 end up studying human resource. So that opportunity, I think if from a hundred clean approach position, if you have 15 colored represented there, uh, five, 10 Indians, 5 whites, 70 blacks. But in your blacks now, you look at Tuanas, Zulus, Theris, Sutis, Tsongas, Vandas, Swatis, uh, Ingebele, and so so now if maybe seven of each can represent them, and then out of the hundred you can have 30 that can represent disability. But we don't see even death. We are struggling. In most companies, nepotism is taking over. And there's a whole lot of small companies, but you don't see fair representation even there. So this whole act, for me personally, I think should be looked at again because the All matters right. of us.
1: All right, Mark, Mm -hmm. thanks for that view. Butana in Rosebank, good morning.
2: Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your guests there. That employment equity, it failed by design. It was never intended to to succeed. The ANC government knows that, and your guests knows that as well. This was just a pyramid, just a volunteer thing. There was no consequences for them not to, to, to comply with that. And by the way, people that uh, benefited from that, those are the people that are associated with the uh, ANC government.
1: And that's that, that's been one of the, the issues around uh, BEE. And I think Tembi has touched on that, um Tati Bhutana, about how BEE did not really uh, answer the question around employment equity because what it emphasized was not really around the issues that, that, that are under employment equity. But I take your point. Colin in Cape Town, good morning.
2: Good morning, Cathy. Good morning to your guest. Cathy, you know, I work for, for, for Transnet. The uh, government for 45 years. I started in 64 and I came out of there in 2009, 45 years service. And, you know, we were in the manufacturing, engineering in Salt River Works. We had a a, a staff of about 2,000, 3,000 workers, all different trades, everything. We made everything there in Salt River Works Cape Town. Coach building we did. We did containers, we made cattle trucks, we made this, we made that, all manufactured by Transnet. In 90, from nineteen ninety eight they started giving out packages to all the white artisans, the guys that worked it for years. They gave packages, they gave packages, got rid of them and brought in the Equity Act. Now today, Kathy, this is no so stunning. <laughs> Nobody, and even fact, as we those trains and builders, and build all build that—electricians, plumbers, artisans—you name it—the skill was lying, and we could have went further. They could have brought in the Equity Act slowly but surely, and training those young blacks and coloureds and Indians, training them as artisans and learn on the job, but they. They just stormed in, and they took over Salt to River Works. Now, today, it's a ghost town. i will still get in touch with one or two of the folks who are still working there. They're going on pension next year, or two years later, they going on pension. Mm. I'll say, how's mm. it going looking you, can, you can't believe there's no work. They're outsourcing everything. Everything is getting outsourced. And you know where it's going to? as B.E. companies and friends of the ANC. All right. That is why the state entities are down and down. Now they want the, the big companies to go the same way. The big companies are so stupid. All they right,
1: Colin, unfortunately, we, we, we're running out of time for this conversation. I want to give Tembi an opportunity to respond and then we'll take some of your voice notes. Hello, Tembi. Thanks, you Kathy. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go for it. Yes, um, I think
0: one of your listeners mentioned something really important um, regarding the lower levels um, of employees that they, you know, transformation needs to start there, and I think that's really, really important to 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 actually uh, support, and that is why we have. Um, the economically active population demographics because that should reflect the demographics of our country in the workplace from the lower levels of positions because if you start from that level you are then having a pool of people that you can that can be developed and become suitably qualified individuals that can be promotable but unfortunately in this country Um, as much as I know that most companies are trying, you do not find that that level, even um, it is um, equitably represented. It is what we um, somewhat call an Irish coffee, where it's very black at the bottom, but at the top is white. And, and, and transformation has to be across all occupational levels. So at that level is very critical in terms of development. and But unfortunately, we are not getting those, um, uh, those opportunities. And if you do get um, the few uh, people that are different of different race, you soon see them accelerated quicker than the rest of the people, maybe because of different opportunities you know uh, abilities and maybe disciplines from people, or as um, your listener said, sometimes um, nepotism is something that is that is real that is that is uh, received in that in the workplace. So as far as the the B is concerned, of course, um, as I've indicated, the unfortunate part is that the employment equity has not been a pillar that was considered as compulsory. And and I think a lot more organisations they transformed, they did well on BE, especially where they knew that there's an alignment to procurement. So, but if you you're not putting any um, stick at, at times, it becomes an issue because um, organisations weren't able then to achieve the employment equity targets, and there were there were no consequences on that. And that is why we're now seeing that with the new amendments an employer will need to have a certificate of compliance on employment equity in order for them to receive their BE points. So that may be uh, something that's going to be helpful.
1: All right. Uh, I've got a lot more uh, contributions to this conversation. Let me play some of the voice notes that we have. Hi,
0: Kathy. You're speaking with Tim Biso from Pumalanga. Uh, I need to ask your guests, uh, what power does the Employment Equity Committee in the workplace have? And how can we hold the employer accountable? Thanks, Cathy.
2: Hi, uh, Cathy. Just tell, ask your guest uh, why are the, the employers so stubborn to employ to, to apply rather the, these policies uh, of, of, of employment equity? act or general uh, policy of, 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 of employment. There are many uh, p- policies that the employers would just ignore. O- o- what should be done? Because it's been quite a long time, you see, and Minister of Labour also to this, this day, is doing nothing to suit it that these employers are, are, are applying or employing rather th- these policies. Thank you, Willie Inkuma.
3: Hi, this is Kathy, it's Dumzi from Cape Town. My question to you and your guest is, how do you expect to solve unemployment and employment inequality using the same economic principles that have brought about that same inequality and unemployment?
1: Really important questions there, Tembi. Um, you know we're edging towards news, but I'll, I'll give you a chance to to try and respond to as many of those as possible. Okay,
0: thanks, Kathy. Um, so I think the the one question which is very important, um, your guest, um, your your um, listener has question has asked, is the Employment Equity Committee powers. Um, the Employment Equity Committee is an extension of the employer. Um, The employer has duties to ensure that it complies with employment equity and they establish an employment equity committee to help to identify these barriers to um, stop the company when it's not um, doing the right um, implementation. Um, But unfortunately, the way in which that the employment equity committees have been handled by employers have not been um, supporting them to be able to stop certain decisions from being made. And the unfortunate thing is that the legislation hasn't really got that that, uh, section where it empowers the committees to say, if the employer doesn't do this, um, therefore you have these rights. Because it's left to the fact that it is the employer's duty to ensure that there's fairness in the workplace, that there's equitable representation of people. And if that employer does not do that, then it must face the consequences of the fines um, and also being taken to court. And which leads me to the next point that one of the listeners said, is that there haven't been enough policing and monitoring of these um, employment equity plans and the implementation of it. And that's the unfortunate part, because if you don't police something, um, you know, companies will get away with that, unfortunately. And that's what has been lacking, um, because it's been self-regulation. Companies have been left to their own devices, to um, to to implement uh, employment equity and and do the right thing, but that has not happened. All that right. is what has prompted the um, the the sectoral targets, which will now be linked to state tenders that you will not be able to do a business and also your B E certificate may be possibly be affected by this.
1: All right. Tembi Chakonda will have to leave it there for this morning. She's with the Commission for Employment Equity. It's time for the latest news.